you've entered into the world of alternate realities. Here, paradigms are shifted, minds are blown, and veils are lifted. Actual supernatural experiences are brought to life through storytelling by the people who experience them. Welcome to Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant, where the esoteric is explored and consciousness is expanded. Visit adventuresinmysticism.com to further your spiritual development through Leah's latest offerings. And now we continue with this episode's mystical adventure. Welcome, Jason Shurka, to our Adventures in Mysticism podcast today. We're excited to have him here with us. Jason just recently had some big announcements that he's going to share with you later in the call. But right now, Jason, tell us who you are. That's a broad question. First of all, thank you for thank you for having me on your podcast and making this time. Um, who am I? Well, on one level in the physical realm, I'm a businessman, um, a truth seeker, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a producer, I'm an author. I'm a lot of different things that don't really matter when you label them. What connects all the dots and the, the common theme between everything that I do and all those labels is the fact that my passion really resides in kind of bringing truth to light, even if sometimes that truth is uncomfortable or even risky to share. I believe that people need to be informed about what's going on. And if one has access to information to raise awareness about certain things that are going on around the world, I think that same person has the obligation to share it. So that's what I do in all ways that I do. Absolutely. And so you do that through a couple different things that you've put together. Um, books, films, documentaries, um, teachings, workshops, you know, platforms. I don't, I think the ways are limitless of, of what you can actually do, you know, and once you align yourself with this is why I'm here and it doesn't have to be like a specific small reason. It can be a broad thing of I'm here to bring more light and awareness to humanity. Great. Now that we've identified that, how are we going to do it? And that's how we all come and express ourselves in our own unique way. So some people choose one, some people choose two ways. Some people choose multiple. I'm, I'm one of the people that choose multiple. So I built a social platform. I built a video streaming platform. I've written a couple books. Um, I've produced a few documentaries and original series. I do online workshops. I do live streams on YouTube. So that's my way of expressing my truth and, and why I believe that I'm here. And I think everybody really has their own way of doing that. Absolutely. And I'm really glad you said that because a lot of people listen to the guests that I have on here and they think, oh my gosh, they're doing things that I could never do. And the thing is, is you're not probably meant to do the things that other people are meant to do. You're meant to do your things and what you're called to be doing. Absolutely. And that might, as you said, just be one thing. Yep. And, and one thing, by the way, even if we call it one thing can actually be a million. You just don't know the effect that it has. You know, so 
just do what's good for you and what feels right. And what happens next happens, you know, it's, it's all good. But the one thing that I learned is just lose the fear. And when I say lose the fear, it doesn't mean I'm not fearful when I do things. Cause I am sometimes I'm scared. I'm out of my mind, but I will still do it. You know, most of the things that I do, by the way, I'm like, Dan, am I, am I really going to do it? <laughs> and, and that's it, you know, and that's where that voice stops where it starts doubting and questioning like, Oh my God, can I, am I, am I worthy? Am I able, am I capable? And then the answer is you'll never know until you do it. So you might as well do it and find out. Cause if you right. don't, it's no. Yeah. And if you don't, then the answer is always no. Yeah. If you try it, the answer could be yes. Could be maybe could be not now. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Well, let's get into what people listen to this podcast for, which is these supernatural, paranormal, or galactic experience stories. Can you tell us when you had your first experience in one of those realms? I'm a big dreamer. So a lot of things happen to me while I'm sleeping, meaning my body's sleeping. I'm just awake doing something else, as we all are. Um, the most, there were quite a few times where my dreams led to either me helping somebody not do something or do something or, or uh, many, many different examples. But an interesting one was right before my 13th birthday, bar mitzvah, as they call it in Judaism. Um, I had a dream about two weeks before my bar mitzvah. And the dream had to do with all these names and numbers and dates and like a a bunch of different things that I didn't understand where they were coming from and how they connected. And I went to my dad and I called him Abba. And I said, Abba, I had this really weird dream. And I never really tell him my dreams, but I felt called to tell him my dream for some reason. So I was 12 at the time. And I'm telling him this whole dream. And you see the, the guy wants to like cry, like he's in shock. And I'm like, what happened? You know, what's going on? And he's not telling me. Mm. Two weeks pass, we get to my bar mitzvah. And at the service where I was reading from the Torah, because that's what we do. He gave me my bar mitzvah gift. And my bar mitzvah gift was a Torah. Mm. Now, he got hold of this Torah, and I'm making a very long story very short, by the way. He got a hold of this Torah. He wanted to get something that connected to my roots, that was connected to our ancestors. I'm a Persian and Yemenite, so he wanted connections to that in terms of the way that it's written and who wrote it and all that. Anyways, they found he found this one book over the phone through like a, a broker of Torahs, okay? <laughs> that said, I have this book. It's 175 years old. It's not in the greatest shape, but it fits what you're asking for. I think it would be great. He bought it without seeing it. He said, let's go bring it over. Somebody had to fly it from Israel to New York because that's what you have to do with those types of books. And um, to make a long story short, when when you scroll, like when you turn the scrolls of the Torah, you have to be very careful because you don't want to rip it. It's all, it's all written on leather. And because it was so old, we really didn't want to take a chance of having to do that and, and move it to the part that I had to read from on my bar mitzvah. 
So instead, and I didn't know that the book existed yet. Nobody did. It was my dad's gift to me as a surprise to everybody. He said, let's, we're going to open the whole scroll and get it to the point. So at the bar mitzvah, he's going to open the book and I'm just going to have to read. We're not going to have to scroll up anything. And when he opened this entire long, 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 long scroll on the very, 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 very last piece of leather, if you want to call it, because that's what's written on skin, there was somebody that took of uh, something hot that was burning, we'll call it like a burning piece of metal or something, and engraved the entire history of that book. That, that engraving happened in the year 1910. And it said what happened before 1910. So from the day that it was written, who wrote it? The people who wrote it, the days they were born, the days that they died, the days of the week, all these different dates and numbers and names leading up to 1910, which was the end of that uh, uh, engraving on the very last page of the book. And it just so happened to be that the dream that I had before knowing that this book even existed with all the names and the dates and the numbers and the people written on the back of that book was what I saw in my dream without knowing that it existed in the first place. So that was, uh, oh, by the way, the book ended up being written by my great, 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 great grandfather and by chance fell back into our hands. That's amazing. Well, you know, I, I think that things have consciousness as well as people and plants and animals and everything. And so in a sense, when something has a consciousness, it's plugged into the collective consciousness. And so it knew it was coming to you and kind of like talk to you. A hundred percent. There were, there was a connection that, I mean, I still, I'm connected to that book till today and I will be till the day I die. Cause it, it, it just brought an experience that you can't explain. You have to go through it and then you'll feel it, you know, cause it really happened. So that was definitely probably one of the most up there experiences of many that I've, that I've gone through that I experienced specifically as a kid. And so how did that change your view of how the world works? It allowed me to see everything in a less religious way and more of a spiritual way. Mm. It allowed me to let go of our interpretations of things and start understanding that there's something bigger than that at play. Um, it allowed me to connect to, I mean, what I call God. But when I say the word God, I'm not talking about something religious. I'm talking about something of source, you know, something of creation, something that you can't put a label on and divide because you can't divide source. Otherwise, it wouldn't be source, you know. Right. So it's like it allowed me to connect to it in a whole different way. It allowed me to see the Old Testament in a whole different way. It allowed me to see religion in a whole different way. It allowed me to see how religion has been corrupted, in my opinion, in modern day and how we uh, operate with religion, of organized religion. And we've kind of lost sight of the spiritual nature so much so. And I don't know where you or your viewers stand on this, but I've seen, for example, there are devout Christians that have told me that I, I am a Satanist yeah. or satanic because I believe in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. Now, on every aspect of the term, reincarnation is not an opinion. 
if you go energetically. Right. It's not, it's not an opinion. And for, for anybody who says that it's an opinion and is wrong, simply in, in the most transparent way that I can be as blunt as I can be, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because there are laws of energy and how it works. One law, by the way, and not religious law, but scientific provable law, fact, that energy cannot be created or destroyed. Mm-hmm. So if energy cannot be created or destroyed, then that blows a big hole in everybody's mind, because mm-hmm. that means that there was never a beginning to what we call creation, which means that there will never be an end to what we call creation. People don't like that because they can't understand it. The yeah. mind can't comprehend it. Neither can science, by the way. Science can state that energy cannot be created or destroyed, but they stop there. Yeah. Now, science doesn't understand that everything else that they're saying doesn't make sense. Take, take the Big Bang theory. <laughs> to say that the universe started with the Big Bang is to denounce the very scientific law that's a foundation of science which is the law of conservation. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. So if energy cannot be created or destroyed, then how did the Big Bang start anything? Yeah. Well, so my understanding of the Big Bang is that it started our universe, but that it came from like other energies, right? So, and then I look at the beginning as the beginning of when we had an awareness, we started as consciousnesses started having an awareness in this realm because you know in there's multiple realm. realms in and this that, realm. That, that's yeah. the key w- without yeah. saying in this realm it wouldn't make sense right because once again we're limiting the limitless there couldn't have been a point where awareness began there couldn't have been a point where god started because right. it transcends the start and the end you know it's it's yeah. but, but we can't comprehend that because because there's you can't wrap your mind around something infinite. It's interesting. The moment that I got that was when I saw a Taurus in action. And it was like, that's it. That's existence. Existence is toroidal. It's constantly moving, constantly changing. And it's the same system, but appears different from different aspects. Mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Fascinating. So, you know, you mentioned the spirituality versus religion, and I do think that's a big topic in mysticism. You know, I was raised very Catholic and very quickly things didn't match up. Right. Um, You know, I didn't understand going through a priest to get to God, you know, or to get to that energy. It, 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 there was things that were off in it. And then the corruption was very heavy. Even when they were teaching us about the crusades, it's like, wait, you were selling spaces into heaven. Like, how's that work? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it just generally, and you're killing people to become your religion. I'm like, I don't know how that works for me. Yeah. So in your definition, what is the distinction that you make between religion and spirituality? I would say religion is I'm going to tell you what to think and you're not going to use your own experiences while spirituality encourages you to use your own experience and observation and come down to your own opinion that way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's how I see it. So religion is more contractive. Spirituality is more expansive. 
but the funny part is, is people call spirituality new age. When, if you want to go in a chronological order of timelines, religion came after the spirit. Mm. So if anything is new age, by definition, it's religion, not spirituality. Spirituality is the root of religion that we try to form. The other difference I would say is religion is formed. Mm. Spirituality is formless. So religion in my opinion, again, is an attempt by man to form the formless. And it's okay if you want to form the formless, so long as you understand that the formless is where the formed formed comes from. We've lost sight of that. So when you lose sight, that form doesn't exist fundamentally, and formless is source. If you lose sight of that, you lose sight of pretty much everything. But religion can also be a good thing if it's mm-hmm. used in the right way. Just like the whole idea of the matrix. A lot of people say the matrix is terrible. It controls us. No, it doesn't have to be. It's terrible if you're not aware that there's something that transcends the matrix. Mm-hmm. But when you are aware that there's something that transcends the matrix, then suddenly the matrix becomes a game. Suddenly you can manifest consciously, create consciously. You become the... the you're already the director of your life. The question is, are you directing consciously or not? Do you know how to be a director? Mm-hmm. So, so that's where I think this all comes into play, where I think religion, and specifically the, the Bibles across all religions, mm-hmm. hold a lot of significance. I think they were written according to codes. I think those codes have the ability to expand us beyond belief. But we simply don't know how to use them right now because we're operating through the realm of form without giving credibility an acknowledgement to the realm of the formless, which is a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there was so much in there that you said that I want to touch on. So one of the things is this idea that spirituality and new age, they've been collapsed. And I look at actually new age as its own form of religion, that it has adopted certain principles and practices and beliefs that then people who say they're spiritual, sometimes adopt. So it's almost kind of created a dogma within itself. Whereas I actually see spirituality as being way more expansive and way more inclusive than what kind of the new age movement has, has latched onto in that. Yes, absolutely. No, I agree with literally everything that you just said. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. That's how it works. Yeah. And then the other piece is the Bible. Like I've read the Bible cover to cover and it's amazing because I had spiritual experiences reading the Bible. Like there were pieces of it that I started having dreams and visions. And I haven't talked about this on this podcast yet, but I will at some point, but it was so intense. And it was like, wow, this book has a frequency. It has a vibration. There's something deeper here. And there are pieces missing. So they took books out of the Bible over the years. And then also translations have skewed some of the meaning of what's in there as well. And so I'm, I would love to see, you know, the real version of the Bible, right? You know, interestingly enough, I think even if we did have the real version of the Bible, for example, I think what you just spoke about, it applies to the New Testament. 
I don't know if it applies to the Old Testament, but I don't think it matters because even if you had all the books in front of you, it does not mean that we are at the point to be able to understand the awareness through which it was written through. And that's the most important part. It's not as simple as, oh, there are words that are missing. And if I get the words that I'll be able to understand it. I don't think it's that simple. I think, for example, let's say, let's say you were 40 and I'm four years old and you wrote a book and I, as a four-year-old, know how to read. Just because I can read the words on the page that you wrote from your experience of age 40 does not mean that I, as a four-year-old, understand the true meaning of that book. I can read, I can write, but I cannot understand the depth because I haven't gone through the necessary requirements and prerequisites to understand everything that you wrote from age 40 self instead of age four self. And that's yeah. really important. That's very important because we're trying to comprehend something that was written at a higher level of awareness that than we currently are in resonance with right now. There are some who can do it. Mm-hmm. But to think that you read and you understand, it's ignorant because we're, yeah. we're completely ignoring how different levels of awareness work. No, I would absolutely agree with that. And I tell my clients all of the time that different things are true at different levels of consciousness. And that's kind of mind boggling for people to understand, but you can only take in and comprehend that which you're at the level of consciousness to have the understanding for. And you're calling it awareness, I'm calling it consciousness, but I think we're talking about the same thing. For sure. It's all, and that's another thing. There's a lot of terminology issues. So we have to let go of the words and start focusing on the principles. If you could focus on the principles, then I think we'll have a lot more clarity in the world, you know, because at the end of the day, all the people that say, for example, an atheist and a religious person, they're not saying two different things fundamentally. Mm -hmm. They're both saying that something created something, but when one calls it God, the other one gets triggered. Right. Right. Well, and the, the irony is, and I talked about this in one of my earlier podcasts is I was introduced to the concept of reincarnation by an atheist (laughs) because he was like, I know you, I have memories of you from another lifetime. And I was like, how do you not believe in a God, but you believe that like, we've been here before. And he's like, I don't know. It doesn't work out. I don't think about it. Listen, everybody is where they're at and it's all good, but I think we have to start just transcending labels and terminology because it's, it's only limiting us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So this is such a rich discussion, but let's, let's dive into another story that you have. So what would you say is the, has been the most impactful, extraordinary, supernatural, paranormal, or galactic? Because I know there may be a galactic story in here for you mm-hmm. that, that I've experienced. You're saying, mm-hmm. um, well, the most I'm not able to speak about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not up to, up to me. That's part of my instructions, but um, ask me the question one more time. Let's see what sparks. All right. So what was the most impactful or extraordinary supernatural, paranormal, or galactic experience you've had? 
Okay, I'm going to give you an interesting one. Something okay. that's very, very, very interesting that I went through personally. So without going too deep into like a backstory, because it's a long story, there's a whole connection of me affiliated to a certain group of individuals, um, an organization that exists here on earth in terms of how they work and what they do. Um, the name of that organization is called TLS, otherwise known as the Light System. Um, pretty much the man who brought me into that world and pretty much approached me and brought me into that world put me through a really interesting experience one day. I should say one day slash night slash morning because that's really what it was. Mm -hmm. Where he was teaching me all about these different dimensions and states of dimensional awareness and how it works and what you possess and how you can move between all of them and all that. And again, that's a whole lesson of itself. Right. And this was an actual like human being or was this? No, human being. Okay. Like you can talk to him and hug him and a human being like me and you just very powerful in terms of what he can do. Okay. So he's giving me a teaching on, on all these different dimensions and how they work and how to move and what you can do in each and all that. And throughout the teaching or lesson, if you want to call it, he, he like, he's like, yeah, I know, I know how to read it also. And I'm like, so read me, what are you doing? Let's go. So the name of the technique that he uses is called the fetal position method or the fetal position technique, where pretty much I laid down on my, on my left side in fetal position. He molded his body around the back of my body, also in fetal position. And if I remember correctly, he had two fingers on like my third eye area over here. He had, uh, I think it was two fingers on my belly button where the umbilical cord is, that's a very big part of it, or was, and then kept going between touching the back of my neck and over here, from what I remember, if I remember correctly. And you saw throughout like this 10 minute period of silence of, of us laying down and him doing that, he was like getting like jolted, like shocked, hmm. to a point where he actually had to stop. And I'm like, okay, so after the 10 minutes, I'm like, so where am I? Like, where do I fall on the scale? On the scale, according to that teaching, 10 different dimensions, the first five, beta, alpha, theta, delta, gamma. Each one is broken down into 10 different portions. So there's beta, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Theta, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Gamma, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And as you move higher and higher, you're able to do more supernatural stuff. Like it can start with out-of-body experiences. It goes to levitation, telepathic communication, telekinetic movement, things like that, and, and a, a whole lot more than that. Mm -hmm. um, so I ask him, where am I? Like, oh, through this technique, you're able to read where you, what you were born with and where you're at now. Because depending on how you lived your life and what you do throughout your life, if you eat garbage, for example, you're going to decrease. Mm -hmm. If you live a better lifestyle, you could be born on a low, lower level and increase. So it's all dependent on not just what you're born with in terms of your immediate accessible potential, but also what you do throughout your life to change that either for the, for the better or for the worse. Right. So I ask him, what, what am I at? And he says, listen, go home, go to sleep, and we'll talk in the morning. I'm like, okay. And he's like, don't use your phone. Just go home, go to sleep. We'll talk in the morning. Make sure to write down your dreams in the morning with whatever you remember. 
But okay. So I go home, I go to sleep. And I have very vivid dreams of like me in a jungle, kind of like Mowgli in, a, in, a, in the jungle book of all these different animals and me interacting with all these different, a very interesting dream. And I speak to him the next day and he's like, so what'd you dream? And I tell him about my dream. Oh no, first he said, I asked him, what, what am I at? And he said, you were born at Delta eight, which is right under gamma. So two, two under gamma, which is a, a nice level to be born at. Mm-hmm. But at the time of reading, I was in like alpha five mm-hmm. because at that point in my life, I was eating garbage and smoking and drinking and doing all the things that a teenager does that you probably shouldn't be doing, but you want to fit in. So you do. <laughs> um, so that was a, a big, a big reason for me changing the way that I do things in my own personal life was also because I wanted to reclaim my own power that I was born with of Delta mm-hmm. eight and higher. Um, so then he goes, what'd you dream of? And they tell him my dream and he's like, okay. And, 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 and I'm like, that's all I remember. And he's like, well, what about the alligator? And I'm like, and I remember this whole part of the dream of me interacting with an alligator and what we were doing in this lake in this, like, it was like in a swamp somewhere in a jungle. And I'm like, how, how'd you know that? And he's telling me what the alligator was doing in my dream. And I'm like, how'd you know that? Like, where, where are you getting that from? And pretty much there's something called, <clears throat> in Hebrew, it's called Torah Tachalomot, which in English would be like the knowledge and mysticism of dreams, if you want to call it, or like the dream Bible. But it's like the knowledge and mysticism of dreams. And if you know the knowledge, and if you know this knowledge, if you have access to this knowledge, if you're taught this knowledge, then you're able to access other individuals' dreams and influence them in the dream realm. Mm-hmm. So he did that to me while I was sleeping to prove a point, to show that what he was talking about, he can actually do. Mm-hmm. So that was like, it was nuts. When wow. It's like, dude. <laughs> and he, so what he, level was he at that he had the ability to do that? Gamma. Gamma, okay. Yeah, Just anywhere in gamma. gamma. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you could do it in Delta. He generally shifts to Gamma, but on a day-to-day basis, he's not again. On a day-to-day basis, he's a businessman. He's in Beta, maybe Alpha, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But he has the ability to shoot up when he needs to. Mm. Fascinating. We all do, by the way. It's just, mm-hmm. do you have an easier ability to do it or not? Or are you taught how to do it or not? Everybody has access to it. Some easier, some harder, but everybody has that infinite potential, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So given that he was able to come into your dream, what, how did that impact you? Just showed me more of what was possible. Mm-hmm. You know, through experiencing it myself. Again, it's one thing to hear the story. It's another thing to go through it. Because it's like, damn, like, that's real. You know, like, it's, it's possible. It's not- <laughs> It's not just somebody telling me it's possible. It's possible. So right. I, I, think, I think it just unlocked a lot of not just thinking something is possible, but knowing something is possible. And there's a difference because when you know something is possible, it makes it easier to attain. 
Oh, absolutely. And that's why we have, you know, when people do the Guinness Book of World Records, it keeps getting broken, keeps getting broken, keeps getting broken. Because once once it's possible, then it's like, okay, if it's possible to get there, it's possible to get a little more, a little more, a little more. Yeah, absolutely. So where are you now? In what sense? And Gamma Delta. Oh, I don't know. I I also don't care. I don't think I'll tell you what. If you do care enough, you're probably not in Delta or Gamma. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because that the, the desire to, for example, I, I used to be very infatuated with Aura photos. That was when I was in my lowest possible state. Because those things don't matter. Because Wait, you were infatuated with what? Aura photos, you know, those aura photos. Oh, cameras. the aura. Oh, right. Like I what color that. am I? Yeah, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fun, but very dense in terms of what's behind the need to know that. Right. Well, and also you can impact them in the moment. For sure. So, so the, the truth is yeah. it doesn't really matter. And there's nothing wrong with, with anybody if like they care about that. I still care about it to an extent, but much less. Yeah. You know, I could, I could go to him whenever I want and ask him for a reading. I just, I don't. Yeah. Well, I was more asking from the perspective of you said certain gifts and skill sets open up at different levels. So yes. is that a skill set that you've developed well, or not? Let me, let me change what you just said. Okay. It's, it's not that certain gifts and skill sets open up at different levels. It's that you are able to access those gifts and skill sets in those levels, meaning they're not just going to happen to you out of nowhere. Maybe they could, but generally a lot of the times from the people that I know they're, they're being taught. So, so just because you're, let's say born at Delta or even Gamma doesn't mean you're just going to have out of body experiences all the time. It means that if a teacher were to come into your life and teach you, you'd be able to do. Okay. Phenomenal. That's a great distinction. Yeah. Yeah, That's a great distinction. Cause it's not just like, oh, Hey, here you are. Boom. Now I can levitate and do this stuff. So that you're, you're not, at least when it comes to the organization that I'm speaking of and my people, you're not allowed to do it just because you want to. That's, that's against the rules. And there are rules in that way of like, you use it for sacred purposes only. So there's another thing called, again, in Hebrew, it's called Torah Tamayim, which is like the knowledge and mysticism of water. Mm-hmm. If you know, if, if you have access to that, which I don't, but if you have access to that, you'd be able to walk into one body of water, stay underwater for 60 seconds and come out on another body of water somewhere around the other side of the earth. Mm-hmm. You can do that. But you don't do that because you want to go see your family in a different country. Mm-hmm. You do that only for for sacred purposes having to do in their case with an operation that needs to be executed so they use it because it's for operational purposes to finish an operation or to to succeed in in reaching a specific goal of a mission that they need to do as an organization but you don't do it because you want to you don't levitate for fun and if you do which by the way the person who who i'm very close with who i've been working with for the past three and a half years when he was first taught it, because he was taught so quickly, he started abusing it, using it for fun. Mm-hmm. And just like they can help download certain things and help you unlock things very quickly, they can erase them like that. And they have. So there's a level of responsibility that comes with these things as well. A lot of people think 
yeah, let's just have fun, you know, and it's a magic show and it's not, it's, that's not what those things are meant to be used for. They're not meant to be used to prove anything to anybody. There's no need for that. You know, it's. Yeah. We talked about that earlier in this call too, about how having awareness comes with a responsibility to, you know, wield that awareness with responsibility. And I do think the same is true of spiritual skills as well. You know, I, I have always been very strongly psychic and I'll meet people and they'll say, well, tell me about blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a circus dog. Right. (laughs) And there's no reason for you to have that information. Like it's not going to provide any value for you to know that just because I can tap in and say, yeah, you're going to get married in six years. How does that help you now? Like it doesn't. And, you know, I had to go through my own process with the gifts that I have understanding that just because I know things doesn't mean it's time to tell people those things. And people don't like that. No, no, they don't like that. I, I get where they're coming from, but there's a bigger thing here. You know, it's not, a, it's not just, it's not for entertainment purposes. Right. Right. And that's what I think people don't understand, where there's a natural process that we have to go through. And sometimes in that natural process, people die, you know, and sometimes saving people is actually ruining people. Right. Meaning if, if you have a son or a daughter and you save them from every possible battle that they would have to fight themselves, you're destroying their life. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. you are taking every ounce of growth away from them. Yes. Yeah. I teach coaches. And one of the things that I teach them is you have to let people fail. You're not a consultant. You're not telling them exactly the steps they need to take as a coach. You're holding that container for them to learn and grow and to learn the lessons from when they do certain things and how quickly they could move up or expand from those experiences. Now it's not like you set them up to fail. It's you set them up to have a success and then if they fail, you let them do it. 100%. Completely yeah. Way more powerful for the soul's growth too. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So you mentioned the light system. And I know from listening to some of your other interviews that the light system is not made up of just human beings, that there are other beings in that. Are you able to share what some of those other beings are and why they would be interested in being a part of this on earth? Sure. Um, So other beings like extraterrestrial beings in the physical realm, at least, there are other dimensions in play here as well. So some may call it like, I wouldn't use this word. Some may call it like angels. It's really just other individuals and other entities and other realms where you can transcend to and then work from a different realm, work from a different dimension to make the whole puzzle work as well. And that's happening all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there are extraterrestrial beings and I'm not speaking about interdimensional non-physical beings. I'm speaking about Mm -hmm. physical extraterrestrial life, just like we are terrestrial physical beings. There are non-terrestrial physical beings that work with TLS all the time. Mm -hmm. And to answer the last part of your question, the, the main reason why they would ever bother with earth in the first place is the same reason why if you had an infection in your pinky toe, you would take care of it because we're part of the same body. It's not about different planets, mind your own business. We're one unit. We have to start understanding that and seeing 
that just because the head is here and the knee is here and the heart is here and the foot is down there, it doesn't mean it's not all interconnected. So they understand and they're tapped into something that the individual who approached me three and a half years ago, his teachings, he calls it universal awareness. They're tapped very much into universal awareness, understanding that we are all one. Mm -hmm. And if we're in pain, they're in pain. And it's in their benefit to help us because helping us is helping themselves. Got it. So we're the infected pinky toe. We're the infected pinky toe. (laughs) That is absolutely correct. Got it. So have you met any of these other extraterrestrial beings? I can't speak about my personal experiences beyond Ray and some other individuals. Ray is the pseudo name, not his real name, because he's undercover of the individual who approached me three and a half years ago. But I'm not at liberty to discuss my individual experiences with any of what you just asked. Okay, I apologize. Um, no, no, no. So, so share share Ray, who is Ray? Because I know you have a book on your website called Rays of Light that's free if people want to yep. go get that. So would you like to say a little bit about Ray and what he's conveying in that? Sure, Ray, again, is not his real name. He's a pretty well-known man in the world that he's in today, businessman, very... 3D world sort of person, if you see him on surface and from the outside, meaning it's, and it's not just with Ray, it's with everybody in TLS, it's all a double life. I would say right now, at least I'm the only individual who's speaking on behalf of them because that was something that was instructed for me to do that I chose with my free will to say okay to. But everybody else in the organization is completely double life undercover. Ray does not have to be he chooses to be. TLS encouraged him many, many times to come out and speak and share and be a leader in that way as well. But he doesn't want to for his own kind of his own reasons, you know, privacy concerns, security purposes. He wants to protect his family. Um, I, I can understand that with the with the types of operations that he's a part of that he's already disclosed in anonymous interviews that I've put out with him. It can be problematic. So I, I get where he's coming from. Um, but yeah, he's a normal, middle, later aged guy, a little bit. Um, businessman, very normal, has incredible abilities, was approached 12 years ago at this point. So has been working with TLS as of January for 12 years. Um, and he's just, he's doing incredible work behind the scenes. I could say that the fact that he does all the work that he does, even with me, with coming on interviews that I've put out recently with, of course, a voice change and a shadow so you don't see him to preserve his identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the epitome of humility because he has nothing to gain. Zero, negative, nothing. Because mm-hmm. nobody knows who he is. It's egoless. Right. And, and he does it anyways. So, I mean, he. anybody who wants to learn more about him from himself I would suggest listening to Disclosure Part 1 and Part 2 on my website, and that is free for everybody. You don't have to purchase anything to watch that, and they're long. The first one is an hour and a half. The second one is two hours and 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and there's a third one being worked on right now as well. So That's great. I have watched both of those, and they are very fascinating. Yeah. Very fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting, interesting stuff. Rays of Light is just a documentation of, um, well, at least the part that came out was, I think it was nine months of documenting experiences 
conversations, dialogues, monologues, in many cases, of the experiences that he went through in 2010 when he was approached by TLS. And his were not all physical. Both physical yeah. and physical. Yeah. yeah. Meaning it actually started in the dream realm mm-hmm. and it ended in the physical realm. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I want to be honoring of your time today, Jason. And I know that you are also going to be one of the guides at the Immersive Spiritually Architect the Future that I'm hosting on March 24th and 25th. And you're going to be covering unification as your kind of broad topic. Can you give listeners like a little taste teaser of what you're going to be sharing? I'm going to be speaking about universal awareness, what that looks like, what that really means, instead of just a concept, how you apply the idea of unity into an experience of unity. Um, I'll definitely share more about the platform that I built, which is literally called Unified, you know, bringing people together. And my ultimate goal is really just through my sharings to inspire others not to follow me, but to do the same thing themselves. I don't, I like, there's a quote, and it's a really nice quote, and I might be butchering this, but it says something along the lines of a true leader doesn't count their number of followers. They count the amount of people that they turn into leaders themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we need to be doing, especially in these times of uniting the world. So I'll be touching up on all those topics. Fantastic. I can't wait to hear about that. I'm always inspired when I hear you talk and I enjoy everything that I've heard from you thus far. Is there anything else that you would like to say to the listeners today? Other than the fact that, I mean, the motto is divided, we fall, united, we fly. And there are individuals today that don't want us to unite because that's how we remain strong. And that's how we continue being stronger than ever. So my advice would be unite no matter what tries to separate you. And anything that is trying to separate you, look deep into that and ask yourself why. Yeah, that's a great message in today's times, for sure, for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here with us today. If you want to hear more from Jason, visit his website or come to Spiritually Architect the Future. You can visit www.adventuresinmysticism.com to find out more information about the event and to register and join us live for free. Awesome. Have a great night. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jason. Thank you for joining today's Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant. To go on more journeys with Leah, subscribe now. To step more fully into your spiritual role of bringing about a positive, high-frequency future for humanity, visit adventuresinmysticism.com.